Hello, this is Reverend Raymond Kaufman, pastor of the Log Cabin Community Church in Vinings, Georgia. Welcome to our podcast. Today, the title of our podcast is Mending Nets. This past week, I was reading a short story, and I read about a button box. And I paused, and I thought, I said, a button box. Oh, and then I remembered. My mother had a button box. My mother was a sewer, and she had a metal box that apparently had cookies in it, like a cookie tin that she had kept. It was very interesting because it was octagonal in shape. And on the front cover of it were, were two American Indians, and it was the wedding of Hiawassee. And I think it was taken from um, Longfellow's uh, poem. And so and there was this beautiful picture of two Indians uh, out, out in the beautiful outdoors. And I remember that button box, but it wasn't really on the outside. All that was very interesting it was one on the inside, which was intriguing to me. I remember as a kid looking through this button box, all different sizes and shapes. There were plastic buttons and horn rim buttons and snaps and, and buttons from everything. So I suppose when you're a sewer, you save those buttons. But I remember maybe losing a button on a shirt or a coat. My mother could always go to that button box. She would find a matching button somehow, and and she would sew it onto our garment. So I thought about mending and how important people, uh, many years ago, people did more mending. They darned socks and they repaired things. It seems like now in our culture, everything's so disposable. But uh, I remember that button box, and I, I remember my mother mending our clothing. So I started thinking about Scripture, and I I remember the passage I had read in the Gospel of Matthew, and I'd like to share it with you now. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. And he went from there, and he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, and in their boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. Mending nets from the Gospel of Matthew, the fourth chapter. You know, when I think about fishing in my mind's eye, I picture these disciples and As a kid, I always thought fishing was like, you know, our kind of fishing in our culture today where people had fishing rods, but fishing in in this culture wasn't done with fishing rods. So I had to do a little research, and I looked in the interpreter's dictionary of the Bible, which discussed fishing, and it said this, we're told that unlike today, there is no evidence that the Israelites engaged in fishing for pleasure or sport as we do today. To them, it was very hard work. The job, in addition to catching the fish, included salting and then peddling the fish in markets, as well as mending their nets and their sails and keeping the boats in repair. There's that word again, mending. Several methods of fishing are noted in the Bible. Fish hooks have been used from prehistoric times in Palestine and Egypt, and there were actually even bone fish hooks that have been fish hooks that have been found, and iron fish hooks, but fish hooks. But originally, it it was a thorn that was used. 
The hook and line are noted in the book of Isaiah in the Hebrew Bible. However, there was no mention of a fishing rod. There were two types of fishnets. One was thrown by hand while the fishermen were standing on the shore. And that was perhaps the type that Peter and Andrew had and used in this method, while the sons of Zebedee used a dragnet. A larger net was used from the boats, and it was operated like a sieve from a circle of boats closing in on one another. And so when Jesus asked these fishermen in our story in the Gospels to follow him, he chose a metaphor from their lives and their work which he knew they would understand very well. It was, was immersed in their, in their culture, the art of fishing. It was their livelihood. It was their world. They knew how hard the work was and the skill needed to do their work very well. And so did Jesus. By meeting them in their world and speaking their language, Jesus not only affirmed their work as fishermen, he also doesn't cut them any slack. The new task to which they are called will be equally difficult and require skills to do their work very well. So Jesus called them into the ministry. And in this encounter with Andrew and Peter, James and John, we experience part of the richness of Jesus's teaching ministry. He met people where they were, and he spoke about the kingdom of heaven in ways that they could understand it. His teaching are full of metaphors from everyday life that was very prevalent in the first century. The fish metaphor, however, took on a life of its own for the early followers of Christ. And during the latter part of the first century, in the second century, Christians were persecuted and the Christian community was forced underground. The symbol of the fish drawn discreetly on the road with one sandal was the means by which they communicated who they were to each other. And the jumbled letters in the Greek word fish abbreviate the early Christian confession, Jesus Christ, God's only Son, my Lord and my Savior. When Jesus used these metaphors and this metaphor of fishing, he didn't have the image of a fish hook or a rod in mind, as if they were to hunt people down and to reel them in unknowingly. In Jesus's mind, when he talked about fishing to his disciples along the coast of the Sea of Galilee, they gathered their fish in a net, and he envisioned these capable young fishermen gathering people from all different walks of life, and especially those whose lives were not in the mainstream of society. This was something that was open to all, those whose lives were trivialized. He pictured them gathered in in a net broad enough that there was room for all who responded and mended in such a way that no one could slip through the cracks. It was for all. Jesus saw these young fishermen mending their nets, and he envisioned the future disciples healing lives that are torn apart by wear and tear, conflict and tragedy. Sounds a little bit like our world today in 2020, doesn't it? We see those who are affected and feel like they're worn from wear and tear. There's conflict in our world. There's tragedy. But Jesus knew that mending nets is tedious and detailed work, and that this mending takes time as an industrious spirit. Jesus foresaw how lives damaged by neglect and circumstance could be repaired and restored to wholeness intended for each one of God's children. The good news of the kingdom which Jesus proclaimed, is that God values and respects each one of our experiences. 
Even as Jesus met the fishermen by the Sea of Galilee, he meets each one of us too in our lives, in our life situations. There's no burden too heavy, no sorrow or despair too deep, no emptiness too wide for the breadth and depth and width of God's love and mercy. What a great message for us today in the culture in which we live, that God's love is deep and wide, and his love and his mercy bestows to all of us. When we are swept up in the sea of life's unpredictable circumstances, those happen from time to time, the sustaining net of God's mercy gathers us and gives us a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven. A citizen's worthy of this kingdom. We are called to embrace a new set of values within our relationships. With Andrew, Peter, James, and John, we are called also to follow the teachings of Jesus and to learn the rhythm and the art of a grace-filled life. This does not come easily, but is learned over time with discipline, patience, and love. I don't know what's going on in your life this week and in this moment, but my prayer for you is that we learn to live with discipline, practice, and love, knowing the breadth and depth of God's love and God's mercy. As we close our podcast today, could we say together our Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, and God bless you.